house. Alright, I'll send you the link. Yeah, had I known this was live, I would have put it out earlier. Oh well. I'll tweet it out now. Should be a good morning cast for him to wake up to. I've been doing them at yeah. night mostly. Yeah. Let's see if my tweet worked. Yep, it worked. Cool. Oh, if you already did it? Okay, there's the link. Yep, I got it. Okay, cool. Yeah, man, it's kind of weird these days, just in general. Like, you have no idea what day of the week it is or what's going on it's just a weird time to be living in i have no idea it's wednesday i believe yeah it's wednesday night honestly like i i'm not <laughs> that's so funny trump's putting his name on the stimulus check that's... <laughs> i love it the donald dollars I haven't gotten mine yet. I have a couple of friends that have gotten it, but I have not seen mine in my bank account today. If you make more than uh, 99K a year, you don't get it. I guess we'll find out. <laughs> For what year, which tax return was that? 2019. 29, I haven't done that yet, so it'd be 2018. Yeah. I don't even remember. Uh, well, that's the beauty about being a kind of a brand man is the, you know, you've got to keep that profit down at the end of the day and not actually pay the taxes on it, especially since I don't actually get anything for all the taxes I pay. How is ridiculous, but do you pay, do you pay Ukraine taxes? No, absolutely not. But I still pay American taxes and California taxes. Um, last year I spent all of who, what was it? Maybe 10, 11 days in the U S and still paid, God, I cut a check to them last October for like twenty five grand almost, I think. Like it was it's insane. And I'm pretty sure I'm gonna have to do the same thing here in another month or two. So you just you can't get away from it. It's tyranny, uh, man. How's like do you know the Ukraine tax law at all? Is it is it bad? Yeah. Is yeah, it but as long but I don't run any business in Ukraine. So if I actually ran a business here, then I would have to start going through those avenues and have to start paying you know, into the taxes here. But generally speaking, what really sets the U.S. apart, in my opinion, is that they're just, it's oh, it's a mountain of paperwork. And if you get one thing wrong, they'll hold it over your head and they'll come after you for interest or they'll threaten you with jail, whatever else it might be. So I've always said I wouldn't have a problem paying taxes if, one, it was simple. And two, if you actually got something for the taxes, like most places like here in Ukraine, um, you pay your 20 or 25%, you get health insurance, you get public transit that actually works, and it just comes out of your paycheck, and there's nothing to do with the end of the year. It's not this huge audit where things can go wrong and they come after you later. It's just taken out of your check, and yeah. that's it. That seems very just straightforward. <laughs> Simple and straightforward, yep. And don't get me wrong, there's places that tax more than the U.S., like much, many places throughout Europe tax more, but it's simple. Mm -hmm. comes out of your check. That's it. You don't have to worry about it. You get healthcare. You get public transit. The end. Simple. 
Yeah, the U- it's, it's, it's the U.S. does have a lot of these like weird traditions and like weird bureaucratic things that just don't mm-hmm. like like paying tax tax not being in the price and having to calculate that like there's just these weird nobody things. else does that yeah, yeah. there's mm-hmm. just weird things that we do but that, that we have to do yep. it's whack all right let's uh let's start we're getting some viewers let's get rolling cool on here all right this is art house with kyle trouble globe trotting uh what what do you do now i remember you were like you were like dating in relationships back in 2016, 17. I kind of do a bit of everything, man, to be honest. Like I talk a little bit about dating abroad. Um, I'm a big proponent of just kind of lowering your cost of living, getting abroad, building a different life. And then obviously as I saw some business success, I started talking about that a bit. And now it's, I mean, right now with everything going on, I'm kind of diving into politics, but I run a couple e-commerce brands. Um, I'm part of Sell All, which you can see on the shelf there. And I've got my personal brand, obviously, and other online business ventures that I work on. So kind of a, I guess you could say a jack of all trades. Yeah, man. Let's, let's start. So you were, you were initially, you know, obviously you're American, you're born in America, yeah. and you moved out to Ukraine. So how did, how did that whole, how did that whole, you know, that mindset shift start that you're like, I got to get out of America. I got to go to somewhere else i think it was because i was kind of a late bloomer and so i kind of found some of the old game bloggers like rouge like uh, chateau artiste and i had just the the curtain lifted up where i was able to actually understand why i wasn't just getting where i wanted to in life especially with girls so i kind of started going down that rabbit hole and then in 2014 i took my first trip to poland and that was just completely eye-opening my mind was completely blown away that just the girls could be so different. Society could be so much calmer, so much different, um, so much more just kind of peaceful and beautiful and just normal. Everything felt like it was just right. And so after that, I took another trip the following year to Budapest to make sure that I wasn't, you know, going crazy with these thoughts. And I, I was hooked at that point. I knew I needed to leave America and actually start moving abroad. And then the real kicker was when I went to Colombia later that year in 2015 for the first time and was again, just blown away by everything. And I knew at that point I was ruined and I was going to regret if I didn't take that chance and try to get out here um, to where I wanted to be. So I had a blog at that point that was seeing some success, like we're talking maybe $500 a month or so. So I went all in, I quit my engineering job in Los Angeles and bought a one-way plane ticket with about $17,000 in the bank. And that was in spring of 2016. And I haven't looked back since. And that's kind of the story summed up in a couple minutes there. Wow. So was there, were there any like, see a lot of people will hear that and go like, oh, I got to get out here and go bang all the hot women, right? Was there any like logistical issues or like things that you, 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 you kind of just, you had to hit along the way and there were some snags in terms of the, the you know, getting your stuff, you know, getting the plane ticket, getting the, you know, getting your apartment or whatever, you know, actually Mm -hmm. integrating with the culture and whatnot. Yeah, I think probably the lessons I learned really quickly was that one, dealing with visas is an absolute pain in the ass. So a lot of Americans have this belief that because we're American, we can literally just go to any other country and live there. That's not the case at all. You have to have a work visa or, you know, there's a variety of ways you can do it, obviously. So that was the first hurdle. 
Um, as far as actually getting out, you know, I was 24, I was single, it wasn't that difficult. I sold what I could. I threw some stuff in storage. I stayed at my parents' house for about a month while I got my affairs in order, and then I bought a plane ticket. So that wasn't difficult. But once I got over here and I had to, you know, go to Poland and I need, needed to be out of that area within 90 days, always having to watch my visas. And then of course, once you're actually somewhere for a significant amount of time, you get integrated. Like you start to meet people, you start to know people, you figure things out. So that was something I struggled with a lot that first year was that when I was moving to a new place every month, I never felt settled. So every month would be a week minimum lost, um, just not really working because I'd be wanting to explore, be wanting to go on some more dates, wanting to figure out where I should be going, do all the typical tourist stuff. And then at the end too, when you have to pack everything up and leave again, that's another day or so at the end of the month. So what I kind of realized was that every month I was throwing away a solid week to 10 days by moving around. So that's something that you know, it sounds very romantic. I'm going to live in a new place every month and travel around, but that comes at a cost that you just don't have a home. You don't have that kind of sanity, that kind of just, you know, a place to go home every night that you're, yeah. that you're used to. And that kind of wears on you. I bet if you're trying to grow like a, like a business, you're trying to grow a blog, something like that. And you, you're not, you're taking 10 days off a month. That's going to be damn hard to get that. Yeah. And it's not even that I was taking that 10 days off. It was that you just are distracted by everything. I mean, I was still doing a little bit of work, but it certainly was not like focused work that you need to do in order to actually yeah. grow a business. The, the four hours of deep work needed not happen. No, you're not doing that. Yeah, no. When you're like going to a new city and you're going out till three or four in the morning, every night of the week, like you're not doing shit after that. <laughs> so did you, uh, did you ever go, you went, did you go to Western Europe first? Or did you, have you just kind of stayed in Eastern Europe? And I've gone to Paris. I've been to Spain. I've been to London, um, Germany, Italy. I've been I've been to most of them of the big Western European countries. But I never, I never had an interest in moving there, to be honest. Because I went to school in San Diego, and then I lived in Los Angeles. So I said, as far as just like weather and kind of just quality of life, it doesn't get that much better. And I really didn't think after going to Eastern Europe a few times or Western Europe, I should say, that it, it would be that much better in those places. So each to every one I've been to, like London is kind of a dump. Um, Paris is an absolute dump. Barcelona is not that nice. Um, I just kept going back to Eastern Europe and saying, this is what I prefer. And so that's kind of how I ended up out here. Yeah, I keep hearing, I keep hearing that about London, that it's not all it's cut out to, to be. You, us yeah. Americans have a very uh, romantic view of a lot of these Western European cities, it seems. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, we really do. I don't know what it is. It's just Hollywood. But London is very gray, very dirty, very cold, and absolutely jammed with people. Paris is pretty much overrun with, um, we'll just say, not French people. And Barcelona is kind of the same thing. Um, and they're just obviously full of tourists as well. So as far as living in those places, too, it's just... If I was going to stay in the West, I might as well have just stayed in San Diego or LA at that point, you know? Yeah. What, what about Italy? Did you, did you, in terms of like Western European countries, where would you put Italy in terms of the ranking? Oh, Rome is cool. I like Rome. Venice sucks. And <laughs> I, I don't think I could ever live in Italy, even though I actually am Italian, half Italian, and I have Italian citizenship, but I can't actually ever picture myself really living there I really yeah for some reason no just too slow a pace of life too too slow okay 
Yeah, no, that's definitely a, that's a Mediterranean thing. Definitely the, you know, the Spanish, the Croatians, the, um, the Italians, that way of life, just kind of chilling on the beach, drinking your olive oil, you know, sipping your wine and just kind of enjoying life. I need the action of a city for some reason. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, I feel like that's kind of an American thing to want to be doing something all the time. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you can't just relax. You can't just yeah. like chill. And, like, you know, you can't just go outside and be like, I'm not going to work today. Like, at, at some point you're no. like, all right, I got to get some emails done. got to do something. Yeah. That's why I think I'm not handling this whole lockdown very well, personally. It's driving me mad, but like other people seem to be just fine with it, but it's, I can't stand it. Really? You're the, you're the first person I've had on here that's actually had like a concern with it. So how, how, how has it really affected your business? <sighs> some businesses are up, some are down. So that's kind of to be expected. Um, and financially it's, it's totally okay. But I think it's odd because I've worked at home the last four years. Like I have an office here. Um, I work 90% of the time at home, but mm-hmm. it's the whole, like being told I can't do this. I can't go outside. And now it's like, okay, I really want to be out there. Um, I don't take well to authority at all. I don't like to listen to the government. I think they're a bunch of morons and I'm just kind of going a little stir crazy, I guess you could say, you know, simple so as that. You're, you're in a, you're in the city, right? Yeah. I'm in Kiev in the city. Yeah. So how, um, like, are they, are they, obviously it's, you know, it's Slavic Eastern Europe, Like they're probably pretty hard line with a, with a lockdown. Not really, man. Really? I think. Now, I, well, part of it, too, is I think here recently, you know, they ran their president out of the country six years ago. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah, yeah. Was, so well. I think there would be a lot of unrest if there was like a full scale lockdown. But they're also very kind of, they're almost like germaphobes out here. You know, they believe, even some people believe that you can get coronavirus from the wind. So I, they kind of think it's justified in a way, um, which I think is silly, obviously. But Overall, I mean, restaurants are closed, cafes are closed, um, everything's closed. Yeah. You can still go out. Um, you're supposed to wear a mask in public, but they haven't defined what a public space is. Um, and I have not been wearing one. I've only been stopped by a cop once who told me to put a mask on. Um, but today, I have to say, this week is is definitely changed. Like nobody, like the cars out there are normal. Um, there's less people on the street, but things seem like they're getting back to normal. And I don't think people are going to stand for this too much longer overall. Yeah, it seems like, well, well, obviously there's like the testing data that's coming out and obviously I'm not a virologist or a pandemic expert, but it's, it seems like the general, the general feel of the energy is that this thing's on its way down. So, you know, all those predictions about 10 million dead and everybody dying and, you know, all that stuff. Not like, even close. That didn't they're, even, not, they're not even in the same solar system. Yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. We don't need to talk about that though. I'm sure. Yeah. Everyone's no, talked about like, that enough recently. Everybody's just sees that on their feet. I don't want to go too much into that. Um, just you know, that, that actually sparked a thought though. Like in terms of in terms of food quality, right? I know the U.S. is kind of like eh, in terms of food quality, like mm-hmm. in you know what, what we allow in our meats and stuff like that. How is how is Ukraine and countries in Western Europe too? Everything in Europe. So if you go get a Big Mac at McDonald's in Europe and you go to the States and buy the same one, if you're really paying attention, you will taste how different it is. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think one of the big things when I first moved out here too, was that meat would spoil within a couple of days of me buying it. Like if you buy a pack of ground beef in the States, how long can you leave it in your fridge before it goes bad? 
10 days, two weeks, like you probably got plenty of time. Whereas like when I first went to Poland and here in Ukraine, I buy a pack of ground beef and it was bad within two days. And it's still the same thing. You know, if you don't cook that right away, you got to either freeze it or throw it out. So that was the first really eye-opening thing for me. Um, and other than that, though, I mean, restaurant quality out here, I would say, is absolutely phenomenal. It's better than the States. Um, but here, though, is one of the better food cultures. You've got the, the Slavic, kind of the Russian cuisine, like with potatoes and boiled meats and those kind of things. And then you also have a lot of um, influence from kind of going towards the Middle East. Georgian food here is very popular, Turkish food. So there's a really good mix. Um, and the, the prices are affordable too, which is good, um, yeah. across the board from grocery stores to restaurants. Does your dollar go far in your, in Ukraine? Like yeah, you right now. Yeah. I mean, this is a country notoriously famous for having an unstable currency. So back in 2013, before they had the Maidan revolution, it was, I believe four to one, or even a dollar. Um, it went all the way up to 40 and right now it's at 27 so, um, but it just a few weeks ago it was at 23. So to kind of illustrate that point too, I bought a couple apartments last year. And when I started looking at the apartments, the exchange rate was 25 grievnas to $1. And then it dipped all the way down to, what was it like 23 and a half. So that was basically going to put the price of the apartments, um, over $10,000 more. So I said, I want a discount on this. They gave me a discount. And then two weeks later, by the time it closed, it had risen back up to 25. So it's constantly fluctuating, constantly just up and down. Um, you could honestly day trade by going to the money exchanges here with dollars and grievances, and you could probably make a decent living if you gambled enough money at it. The Ukrainian Forex? Not even on a computer, man. Just walk into the little money exchanges. Yeah, and you could totally be a Forex trader here. It's that volatile. New e-course coming out, Kyle Trouble, how to make, how to, <laughs> you know, actually have a business. You just pull out a bunch of cash and you just put it in the Ukraine dollars. Go up and down, yep. So to negotiate with the grannies. <laughs> the babushka. The babushkas, duh. <laughs> so, in you know, there there's, there was a lot of like political conflict um, with Ukraine, Russia, mm -hmm. and whatnot. Has there been any issues at all with any like, you know, conflict where you are? Yeah. No, oh, no, not where I am. No. Uh, last year, there was an issue in the Black Sea, and they put some cities in Ukraine under martial law. Um, they did not do that here in Kiev. And there's still always just, you know, news from the east where they're having that conflict still. I heard that today there was a mortar that went off and killed, I think, eight soldiers um, just yesterday. So there's still stuff going on, but it doesn't impact anything here in the capital, which is right in the center of the country. And even if you go out to Kharkov, which is one of the more Eastern, one of the more Russian cities, I would say I went there twice last summer. And I mean, there's no issues there. Is there it's a, in the far East though. Is there a, you know, is there a clear difference between like the, the more Ukrainian cities and the more Russian cities? Yeah. If you go to the West um, Lviv, you don't speak Russian there. You speak Ukrainian. They're very pro-Ukrainian. Um, and it's definitely, it's a different culture there. Like it feels more like Poland. It feels more like kind of Central Eastern Europe because it used to be a Polish city. And then, yeah, if you go all the way out to the East, like in Kharkov, there's a place called, what's it called? Like Yankee American Bar. And they only have Russian or Russian menus. No English menus, no Ukrainian menus, but it's Yankee American Bar, only Russian menus. So yeah, there's a huge difference. Kiev is kind of right in the middle. Um, most people speak Russian, but they're slowly but surely now going to Ukrainian, which 
for me, it was really infuriating because I'll go to a coffee shop and they speak Ukrainian. And I'm like, will you speak Russian with me? And they say, no. I said, will you speak English? And they say, I don't speak English. I say, well, I don't speak Ukrainian. So can we, you know, pick one of these that you know? And they're just stubborn. So you, you do not, you don't speak Ukrainian? No. So you just... I, I can get some words, but no, overall, I don't know how to speak back in it at least. And if they use any words that aren't typical, then I'm lost at that point. Do you... Not that my Russian's any good either, but... Can you, can you get around with your Russian? Yeah, I can order in restaurants. I can do most everything in day-to-day life in Russian. But as far as like, you know, trying to buy an apartment, for example, speaking to a lawyer, like, no, that's way over my head. No, English, English all the way. Tovka po angliski, yeah. Only English with the important stuff. So, you know, let, let, let's, let's, let's wrap up by talking about something that w- that's very important to at least one of your businesses, and that's, and that's women right? Yeah. yeah. The whole, the whole, uh, you know, getting out and getting the higher quality women. So how, how what is the, uh, what's that like in Ukraine? Compared to, I'd know, say here is one of the better LA. places that you're going to find, um, at this point. So that's the thing is that there's beautiful women everywhere, but definitely out here, there's a different level as far as just how feminine they are and the attitudes they have. And you really can't understand it until you've actually been through it. Um, you know, you can try to explain it to somebody in the West, but until you've actually seen it and experienced it, it's, it's usually going to fall upon deaf ears. So mm. I think generally that, you know, I don't want to say I've given up on America, but the women in the States for the most part are, they're lost causes. Um, and men would be much better served by actually trying to go abroad and see what their options look like. But be, be warned that once you've gone abroad, you're, you're ruined at that point. Do in terms of like their perception of you, how is like a high value American man in, in their eyes? So it's a myth that you can just show up with your blue American passport and that you're just going to get off the plane and you're going to have a whole, you know, catwalk model of women of waiting for you. Like, and a lot of guys actually think that. And it's typically the guys who are 65 years old with a big beer belly and they have nothing going on for them who think, you know, I'm American, they're going to love me. That's not the case. Um, you know, having actual roots and being willing to move to a different country obviously helps. Um, not every girl wants to go to America. And then even then, most of them are starting to realize that guys who come to, you know, Ukraine or Russia or wherever else to kind of wife farm, they're not taking them back to New York or Hollywood. They're taking them back to, you know, wherever South Dakota, not exactly the life they've seen on the movies. So that kind of throws things off too. Um, what was your question? Just like, like just, what do they general, think? Yeah, just like general, like mm-hmm. their perception. Because like we have this perception of like we're going there and like these amazing feminine, super beautiful mo- model women everywhere. But like in terms of how they look at the guys coming over, trying to trying to get them. Being it, it, is it kind of just is it more just like if you're just high value and you know you're you're you know you're, you're on your shit like you're attractive just as any as any other woman would be i would say that like being yeah being american is usually enough to get your foot in the door Mm. like it might get you a few minutes of conversation or it might get you a date but beyond that i don't really think it does much like if you are a loser and you're just coming here and you're very clearly a, a sex tourist then it doesn't really get you anywhere yeah yeah, you you need to still you need to have your shit in check, but it could be like a little, yeah. little 
flicking the door. Yeah, it puts you above your average local guy just by being a Westerner, definitely. Because you're a bit different. You're, oh, mm-hmm. kind yeah. of exotic, oh. Yeah, but it, that's no different than, like, say, a Russian woman coming to the States, you know? It's just the oh, exoticness yeah. puts them right above that. Okay. So there's no – it's more just the difference factor and not so much, like, American itself. Yeah, it's, it's different, exactly. But I would say that, you know, being a Westerner and having your shit together definitely, you know, puts you a step above most average guys. But in most cases, too, you know, if you're not a local or you're not planning to be somewhere, like the best girls can, you know, here's the thing that a lot of guys don't realize is that the best girls, there's still guys in this country, in every country that have their life together, who are wealthy, who have things going on for them. So if given the choice, is a girl who's, say, an eight or a nine going to take the local guy who has his shit together or the American guy who doesn't have his shit together? It's going to be the local guy every time, mm-hmm. you know? So, you know, there, there's a pyramid of how things work. And I think everyone in America thinks like, oh, I'm American. Like, I'm automatically at the top. In reality, you're just kind of in the middle somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's how it goes. Kyle, do you have anything you'd like to close off on? just to capstone this conversation on travel in Eastern Europe? No, just check out my site, kyletrouble.com. I send out daily emails about life out here and whatever else is going on. So check that out and on Twitter at Kyle Trouble. And thanks for having me, man. It was fun. Awesome. Well, everyone, this was Our House with Kyle Trouble. I hope you all enjoyed this talk we had. And I will see you guys, I think, at 2 o'clock today. I got Chase Diamond coming on. We're going to talk about email marketing. So catch you all then. Nice. Cool. Cool, bro. Thanks for coming. Wash your penis. Fantastic having you on. Do my bad. I'll be clipped out. (laughs) (laughs) And get homie. And uh, join in uh, next time for Art House. We'll probably have a show tomorrow. I'm still figuring out guests, but we're gonna have shows all next week. Sometimes two a day. Right now we got uh we got Soul Bras gonna come on, Log Fits, Grim Hood, um, Ali Alexander possibly later. So we'll have a we'll have a lot of good stuff coming in the next uh, week or so. So from now on, dude, do you have anything to say from here on? Um, dude, just fucking live life, man. Just live life. Yeah, like as Log Fits always says, man, it's it's just a game, dude. At the end of the day, it's just a game. Let's just have fun, you know, just literally try to level up in all facets of your your being. And yeah, man, just love yourself. Let's live life. Take it easy, guys. Yes, sir. All right. Take care, guys. Thanks for having me on, T. Really appreciate it.